here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. Pennsylvania probably won't fully legalize cannabis this year, but lawmakers recognize that the laws around it are really different depending on where you live and work and like to decompress. So what changes are possible? It's Monday, March 6th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. We got a nice group today. Joining me from across the state is CityCast Philly host, Trinae Nuri. Hey, Trinae. Hey, Megan. Plus, we've got Ed Mahin. He's an investigative reporter for Spotlight PA. Ed, thanks for being a part of this. Great to be here. Thank you. So, Ed, what do you think? Is this the year Pennsylvania legalizes cannabis? So we've seen New York, New Jersey legalize cannabis for adult use for adults 21 and over. Maryland voters last year, they voted to go ahead with that, and that state is rolling it out. There's a lot of optimism, but it's still a heavy lift in Pennsylvania for full legalization. The Republicans still control the state Senate, and you know they, their leadership has said this isn't a priority for them. And the Democrats have a narrow majority in the state house. I can hear your skepticism, um, but you've been covering some other proposals that might be a little more realistic this session, um, a little more likely to pass. I want to start with decriminalization, um, especially like, can you define it? Because I feel like it can be confusing the difference between decriminalization and full legalization. So, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so essentially decriminalization versus full legalization. Full legalization is, you know, you can, it's easy to go buy it at a state endorsed, state sponsored dispensary. Decriminalization means that you won't receive criminal charges for possessing a small amount of marijuana. And so in Pennsylvania, that's defined as 30 grams of marijuana or less. And right now you can be convicted of a misdemeanor and face up to 30 days in jail and up to a $500 fine. Now I've talked to people, jail is rare in those situations, but it's for people on probation, parole, it can have impact and also just the consequences of going through the criminal justice system obviously is a is a negative repercussion. So yeah. And decriminalization is essentially it often a, a civil fine um and you don't have that same sort of criminal process. And Ed, we know you spoke with an attorney who focuses on cannabis reform. What did he have to say about this? Patrick Nightingale, uh, he's an attorney in Pittsburgh. He's also active with the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. You know, he was the one who sort of outlined some of the the negative consequences people can can face and sort of, in his view, how it's kind of ridiculous that Pennsylvania is falling behind other states that have decriminalized cannabis. Let's listen. If we're talking about legalizing it, why are we still arresting people for it? Why are we still subjecting people to all the collateral consequences that can come with a conviction for possessing a couple of grams of plant material that has never, ever in the entire history of the human race caused a fatal overdose. And then also, you know, across the country, 21 states have legalized adult use cannabis and 10 more have decriminalized simple possession, according to the Marijuana Policy Project, which which tracks these things. So a lot of states have already moved this way. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh and some other municipalities have reduced possession penalties on their own. But decriminalization bills have stalled in the state legislature for years. It is something that the House Democrats, you know, are expected to make a priority. I mean, we're still waiting to see what happens. But this is something that 
their majority could help put on the agenda, especially because, as Patrick also told me, the Republicans no longer control the committees in Harrisburg, so they can't just block a bunch of cannabis bills as they've done in the past. Yeah. Ed, you mentioned that Philly and Pittsburgh have decriminalized small amounts of marijuana, but how is this actually playing out on the ground? You know, I mean, that's a good question. I think we've heard uh, from some uh, different sources we've talked to. I mean, it, it varies municipality by municipality, sort of the impact of decriminalization. I think generally it's gone well in Philadelphia, um, and I think it's gone less well in some other municipalities. Once they actually de- decriminalize it, you know, it's the, still, the law is still on the books. People can still be criminally charged with something. But so it's a matter of implementation. Right. I mean, in Pittsburgh, at least, I know cops still have at least some discretion about how they charge people. And if not for the possession, they can get them on something else that's, you know, an accompanying charge that gets them into the system and kind of causes all of those effects down the line. Yeah. And I think Patrick had talked about you know, drug paraphernalia charges. And when I talked to him, talking about tr- drug paraphernalia charges can be a higher penalty than small amount of marijuana possession charges. So and especially yeah, when they're when they're tacking charges onto the other ones. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So full legalization sounds unlikely this term. Uh, Let's talk about some other proposals, Um, because Pennsylvania does have a medical marijuana program. um, And we hear you think it might get overhauled this season. Um, I was interested to see that in your reporting. Um, So what are you expecting? Yeah, so uh, State Senator Mike Regan, he's a Republican from uh, York County, central Pennsylvania. He's previously worked in law enforcement. He he's one of the few Republicans in Harrisburg to come out in support of legalization of adult use cannabis. But he and a Democratic state senator, James Brewster, have come out in support of a, you know, a significant overhaul of the medical marijuana program. And, you know, one ways it would do that right now, we have 23 approved medical conditions. It includes cancer, anxiety, chronic pain, a variety of conditions, but it's still yeah. a limit on, on which condition. So he would get rid of that limit. And then he would all he both of them want to uh, allow any doctor to certify patients. Because right now you have to register with the state. You have to take a four hour training course, which isn't a, the biggest burden or biggest hurdle in the world. But uh, the vast majority of doctors in Pennsylvania aren't participating in the medical marijuana program. So they have to take the step to opt in. Exactly. They have to take a step to opt in. Um, 
And so they would they say elected officials and bureaucratic staffers should not be deciding what ailments qualify an individual to use medical marijuana. So they get rid of the list of qualifying conditions. They leave it up to doctors, um, which would you know have a potential large impact on expanding the program. They also want to get rid of a sort of the annual renewal cost, the $50 people have to pay to renew their medical marijuana card. And and then when I talk to other people, sort of reopening the medical marijuana law in this way could open up a host of other changes, you know, to allow patients to buy cannabis in edible form. And then there have been some to allow home grow of cannabis, a small amount of cannabis plants. And the idea there is that it would help reduce the cost burden on, on patients because Pennsylvania, you know, we... I, we've heard they have some high prices. Okay, Ed, so can you tell us about um, the push for DUI protections? And you also talked to Patrick about this as well. Yeah, so Patrick, I mean, he's been active on this issue. Um, So basically in Pennsylvania, we are, I believe, one of 12 states that has a zero tolerance law that prohibits driving with any amount of marijuana in your body, in your system. And that's, you know, marijuana as measured by these these blood tests that measure metabolites. And so drivers in Pennsylvania can face criminal charges if they have any amount of marijuana or the metabolites, even if they are registered medical marijuana patients. And there have been court battles over this, but as Patrick explains, they haven't turned out well for patients. The Pennsylvania Superior Court has said that as far as it's concerned, medical marijuana remains schedule one, uh, basically kicking it to the legislature. So unless we have legislative action on this, uh, every single patient is literally uh, a DUI waiting to happen. Okay, so can you tell us what that literally means? <laughs> so yeah, so basically we've heard and people we've heard stories. There have been stories reported about people, you know, getting pulled over, um, either a, a cop, an officer seeing their medical marijuana card or doing a test, and then using that card as the basis for like, oh, well, you might be impaired. And so we're going to do a blood test and then we find marijuana in your system. And then we're going to charge you with DUI when there was no actual measure of impairment that the I was about to say, there isn't a blood test that'll tell you that in that those exact terms, is there? It won't, blood test won't measure impairment. No, like no, no drug test, no blood test will measure impairment. So I think it's that blood test can detect, um, you know, the traces of these metabolites in your system. Um, and so what Senator Cameron Bartolotta from uh, Southwestern PA, she wants for medical marijuana patients that they're going to be charged with DUI based on marijuana. There has to be actual proof of impairment. And that's similar to other drugs. I mean, you can be impaired from prescription medication and you can be charged with DUI, but the, the officer has to establish that what you were doing was actually impaired driving, whether that's weaving in and out of traffic or, you know, some other measure. Yeah can't just be based on that blood test alone. Well, another one that you've written about is employment rules. So what happens right now if someone's approved for medical marijuana? Can they still get fired for drug use? Um, So, yeah, so the law itself says that you can't discriminate against someone based on the basis of them being an approved patient for medical marijuana. Okay. But but you can, but. <laughs> <laughs> the big but, so you can discriminate against them based on if they actually use marijuana as a patient. So the act of being approved for the program is protected, but then once they use it, it's, it's a whole different story. And, you know, it. we've talked to a bunch of legal experts who say this essentially makes no sense because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't actually be a patient. I mean, what's the point of being approved if you can't actually use it? And so people 
think that they have jobs, they have jobs and then they think they are protected. Sometimes they disclose themselves that they have a medical marijuana card or that they're a medical marijuana patient thinking they're protected and then they get fired or demoted or some other penalty. Um, sometimes they, they fail routine drug tests and then are surprised that it's an issue. Um, and, you know, the issue is, you know, workers obviously aren't happy about this, but, you know, employers say we, they want greater clarity because this isn't really great for them. If you're just, every time you're making an HR decision, you have to worry about being sued for employment discrimination. So that's the problem. But is there, you know, any call for change or likelihood of it this legislative season? So there are calls for change, I guess. And, you know, where they've stalled before is any change to the system. I mean, both sides are also equally worried about changing the system because, um, you know, there was a bill last year that would have spelled out some of the limitations, you know, for people who work as firefighters, people who care for children or patients directly, people who are pharmacists. And then during that whole negotiation process about where you strike this balance, I mean, I think both sides ended up having concerns about where this legislation was going. You know, I, I know that the House Democrats have talked to, you know, this is, they've talked about this as something they care about, um, actually increasing protections. What that actually looks like, what that um, is able to get through the legislature, obviously, is, you know, still to be seen. And um, you talked a little bit about some of our neighboring states like New York, New Jersey, even Maryland and Delaware as well. You know, if our neighbors are trying to figure this out, why can't we? <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that's a great question. And I think it, I mean, it comes down to, you know, control of, of Harrisburg. I mean, in neighboring states such as Delaware, New Jersey and New York, they all offer greater protections to workers. And, you know, I think people are hopeful that Delaware could see some action on a variety of cannabis proposals. But I mean, it comes back down to the, you know, Republican controlled legislature is not uh, or has not been eager to legalize marijuana. Even Ohio is considering it now. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I, I think in Pennsylvania, you see, I mean, the argument, one of the arguments they make is just that while it remains federally illegal, you're you open up a host of other problems. Um, there's also just a general view of not wanting to encourage the use of cannabis. But I mean, the, it, it comes down to control in Harrisburg. So lots of proposals on the table, um, and I know some of them aren't really even filed as legislation yet. Um, what do you think the timeline is for whether some of this stuff could get passed or at least brought up for broader discussion? Yeah, I would expect new governor, new Democratic governor, Josh Shapiro, is going to give his budget address in early March. This is his first budget unveiling. You know, that would be a prime opportunity to to introduce what his he thinks about adult use legalization. You know, he could even propose it in the budget itself as a, as a form of revenue. Now, I would expect to see, you know, a lot of activity around this this spring, and we'll see which bills, you know, really have that momentum to rise to the top. Ed Mahan is an investigative reporter with Spotlight PA. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll have a link to Ed's full story in the show notes, plus how to watch Governor Shapiro's budget address tomorrow morning. A little more news before you go. Penn State seems to be rolling back its strictest rules around sororities and fraternities. They were mandated in a settlement with the family of 19-year-old Tim Piazza. He died in a hazing incident at the Beta Theta Pi Fraternity House in 2017. 
Back then, the university said its self-governance model had, quote, failed to bring an end to excessive drinking, hazing, sexual assault, and overly large disruptive gatherings within their organizations. Piazza's family told Spotlight PA that they were led to believe that these rules would be permanent. Pittsburgh is doing a study on whether to reconnect two neighborhoods in the north side. Chateau and Manchester were separated in the 1970s, when Route 65 was elevated to create an expressway from the Fort Duquesne Bridge. The study is expected to take over a year. And the Penguins, Pirates, and Steelers have all recommitted to the Rooney Rule, or an expansion of it. Officials from all three teams say they'll interview candidates of color not just for top coaching jobs, but for everything from entry-level to executive positions. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you like the show, please leave us a review, give us five stars, tell your gym buddies or your knitting group to listen to us too, and subscribe to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter for more information and events to keep you busy all around town. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to y'all soon. Yeah, yeah, okay.